welcome to the Quality of Life podcast. My name is Erin Olson, and I am a businesswoman and mother who has been studying personal growth for over 15 years. I've tried almost all of the habits and hacks out there. My goal is to use my real-life experience to show you which tricks and habits make the biggest changes to your quality of life with the least amount of time and energy on your part. We'll cover everything from habits to hacks, fitness to family, and everything in between. Now, let's dive on in to today's topic. Hey guys, welcome back to the Quality of Life podcast. Today, we are going to cover a topic that will help you shape your future. But first, I'd like to check in on your homework from last week. Okay guys, how did you use your calendar to protect your top five? I am so curious about that, and I want to hear all about it. So please don't hesitate to DM me or shoot me a message on Instagram, Facebook, and let me know how that worked for you and if it made any impact on protecting your top five. Well, I hope it helped you gain a little margin. We're going to expand on taking control of your calendar in just a few episodes. But today, I want to talk to you about a superpower you probably don't even know you have. The words, I am. Have you ever really thought about who you are? Like, I am, state your name. Well, that's not really who you are. I know we all have an idea about who we are. We call it our identity. We label ourselves as who we are or let others do it for us. But did you know you have the power to change your identity? Ed Milet has a really interesting take on this. In a recent live event that I was at, he said, Your identity is nothing more than the collection of memories and stories about your life. The extent to which those stories serve you is the meaning that you took from those events. They can either limit who you can be or how happy you are. Quite interesting, huh? In his book, The Power of Unmore, Ed says, Here's the paradox about identity. Most people know they could improve their life significantly if they changed their identity. However, many people aren't willing to take the necessary steps, even when it's in their own best interests. When I read that, I knew I had the power to change me, and so did everybody else. So why aren't people doing it? That is the reason why I am on a mission to help you guys. I have revised and morphed my own personal identity so many times over the years, and I'm always trying to improve. So I want to share why you should too, and how to go about doing it. Why you should change your identity. Okay, your identity is basically like the thermostat of your life. It regulates your self-worth. If you believe that you are a 75-degree person, living a lukewarm life, that's what actions you're going to take to preserve that. So say you're a 50 degree person where your identity is based on you being a quote loser or a really bad self-esteem. You're going to live your life that way. You're going to make choices that are going to help support that. Now, if you have, like I am trying to have, a 100 degree thermostat, I'm going to live my life trying to always get hotter and better and faster. So your identity is going to regulate your self-worth. And it's going to help you continue to be the person who you've been because it's easy and safe. Now, studies show that most people get about 30% of their goals, but they get 100% of their standards. So what does that mean? 
How many times have people said, maybe you just got to lower your standards. Maybe you're trying too hard, blah, blah, blah. Those people are 75 degree people. No offense, but they aren't the people that are listening to this podcast. They are the people who want more. You should never lower your standards. You can adjust them, but don't ever lower them because your identity is always going to keep you within a few degrees before you get uncomfortable enough to revert back to the person you've always been. This works either way in every part of your life, like your weight, your financial situation, your physical situation, the way that you think spiritually. This is the thermostat that is going to regulate everything that you do in your life. The words that we say have so much power. There's a really great book by Trevor Moad, It Takes What It Takes. This book is a performance type book. He is a trainer and coach and he gets into the mental part of athletes and stuff, but it really pertains to everyday people too. He talks about how negative thinking, when you say it out loud, is 40 to 50 times more powerful than positive ones. Oh my goodness. Did you hear that? If you say something out loud, it is 40 to 50 times more powerful than a positive thought. So you better choose your words about yourself wisely. The labels that we use can either help us or hurt us. Those that we earned as a child probably don't fit us anymore, but we might still believe them. Those people that gave us their opinion of who we are. They may offer insight to our tendencies, but they are still somebody's opinion, and these should be carefully scrutinized before they are taken for what they're worth. Some examples of this are like when you were being assertive on the playground as a child, you were labeled as bossy. So maybe you dialed back your how assertive you were going to be in your everyday life. How is that helping you now? I know I was told that I was bossy. I was told that I was a social butterfly, which I guess kind of makes sense. But I was, uh, I was told a lot of things about myself as a child growing up that I believed to the core of my being. And they helped shape me into the person that I am now. But I'm going back and looking at what some of those things that people said, you know, like, oh, she was such a tomboy or man, you are a go-getter. So that one, that one served me because now I am still a go-getter. Or maybe you were told how pretty you were with your hair a certain way or how good you looked in a certain color. And so you did it that way more often or you wore that color more often. Take a look at your closet and how your hairstyle has evolved over the years. I mean, there's clues everywhere about what you believe is your identity. Also, maybe, like me, someone told you how you were tone deaf and should never sing in public. So I, being a natural rebel, I decided to make it a mission to become a better singer. And so funny story, I actually sang the national anthem at my graduation. I might also frequent the karaoke bars on occasion. Hopefully, nobody meant to do you any harm when they were labeling you. It was probably just to try to help you or to groom you into a, quote, better person. So don't spend too much time really revisiting the past labels. Just be aware of why you do certain things that you do and where it might have been based. This is for information only. Another way that I am can be used against you is if you've been diagnosed, you can use it as a cop out. So I've been here. Years ago, I self-diagnosed myself as ADHD. 
Now, my brother has been diagnosed clinically as having ADHD and has been, you know, managing it with medication almost his whole life. And according to Google and WebMD, I was basically a textbook uh, example of somebody with ADHD. Now, I was probably right, but that diagnosis gave me an excuse to, like, not have focus, which led to more confirmation that I couldn't focus, which then helped me to lose focus all the time and be okay with it. So that tends to perpetuate itself. Using that diagnosis as an excuse instead of trying to actually rectify it with other methods of uh, control had really handicapped me for many years. There was another time in my life where I really believed that I needed to eat like every two hours or I'd get shaky and sick and I'd be like Paul Blart, you know, the mall cop with a sucker in my pocket. And just saying it made me look for more proof that it was actually true. And I used that for so long and it wasn't until I was introduced to intermittent fasting that I broke that habit and I have proved to myself that I don't get shaky unless I, you know, if I don't eat every two hours. But man, that controlled so much of my life. We used to go on road trips for, for work and I used to have to stop or have snacks in my armrest at all times. And just breaking through that self-diagnosis, you know, really changed my life. And it I broke all of those barriers to me knowing that I could do something different. Just saying it made me look for more proof that it was true. And if you talk to any person who has ever taken a statistics class or is a statistician, they're going to tell you how easy it is to actually bend the facts to prove whatever you want. And so you really need to make sure that you are focusing on the right things. There is a guy named Jim Quick. He is the number one brain coach in the world. Okay, now this guy is an exact example of what I'm talking about. As a boy, he had a tragic accident and a huge TBI and brain trauma. And he was diagnosed as the boy with a broken brain. He has said that he was very, very challenged. And he just allowed himself to be labeled by that. And then he met one of his best mentors, a father of a friend. And that guy said, what if I could teach you to learn? And then you wouldn't be the boy with a broken brain anymore. And he actually has now become a super learner and he can like memorize thousands of numbers and repeat them back to you forwards or backwards. It is the craziest thing you've ever had. So check out Jim Quick um, on Instagram and Facebook. It's K-W-I-K. And yes, that is his real name. And just he has got some super good story and some super good techniques to help you to um, really break through if you have any beliefs that are holding you back about your ability to learn and think. I can't tell you personally how many people I've met who use a real diagnosis to disqualify them from a better life. I know so many people who have rheumatoid arthritis or different autoimmune diseases where they can't do, be, or even want more. And honestly, they're letting it disqualify them from a better life. I don't want that to be you. Now, I don't want to discount an actual diagnosis. If you need medication for something, take it. But be sure that if there is a way to complement treatment with other means to try to maybe either wean off your medication or techniques to learn how to deal or cope with uh, whatever you're dealing with that can you know, maybe make you ha need them less or believe that you're worth more, if it is a possibility, 
try it, but don't let it keep you from becoming who you're meant to be. Another way that labels can hurt your identity is if you've been labeled or self-labeled as an introvert or an extrovert. The truth is, most people have both characteristics and usually there's a dominant one, but it's now kind of become common practice and cool for people to be labeled as one or another and to act in accordance to uphold that label. Think of the class clown at the bar now who is the one who's always causing a scene or the person who is a real introvert and doesn't like people and doesn't want to go out. So, I mean, these are things that labels that people have used to protect themselves from actually having to do the things that they know they should. Some of the biggest speakers in the world are introverts, and some of the most introspective thought leaders are actually huge extroverts. So, Don't limit yourself based on whether you're an introvert or extrovert, because really, that's all you're doing is you're limiting yourself. So how do I use the words I am to change my identity? No, I am not talking about affirmations like I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and gosh darn it, people like me, like some Saturday Night Live skit. They don't work because, you know, deep down inside, you don't believe it. You can make up a believable affirmation that you can say daily or hourly. Well, you can use different words that really do help you remind you who you want to be or who your new identity is. So like I talked a few weeks ago in one of the podcasts about me identifying as a non-smoker to quit smoking or to quit complaining so that I was a more positive person, I have used just little sayings that pop up on my phone or post-it notes on the wall my whole life, basically, to help remind me who the person I'm trying to become is. I have a little thing that I write in my journal every morning, and I'll tell you a simplified version of it just to give you an idea of how you can actually use affirmations to believe that you are who you say you want to be. So um, every morning I write, I am blessed, I am strong, I am healthy, I feel great. I am seeing my dreams come true. I am on the right path to where I want to be. I am being used for God's purpose today and being led to my purpose. Today is going to be an excellent day. So just as simple as that is, you can add words that you actually believe, like today is going to be a great day. That can be your whole affirmation. Or I am strong. If you're trying to become a healthier person, you can always say, I am becoming healthier. And use those words to really breathe life into your day. Along with self-talk, which is the topic of next week's podcast, we are going to use words to create our identity. The words I am is literally called an identifier. It is a statement of who you say you are, not how you act. Things like I am always late or I am tired. I am so forgetful. I am broke. I'm clumsy. I'm just not good enough. Those types of statements tend to perpetuate themselves. So when you say things like, I am always late, you are going to continue to always be late. You're going to find proof that you're always late. And so then your brain is going to believe that you're always late. And that's just who you are. Now, there's a way to change that and tweak it just a little bit so that that does not become an identifier of you. Instead of saying things like, I am always late, say, I have been late. 
or in the case of I am tired, which we've all said that in the morning, change that to, to maybe I feel tired. I know it's such a little tweak, but it completely changes the meaning of the phrase. You know, all of those things that I said are how you feel. They're not who you are. Be really careful and change the verbiage. Remember, anything you say out loud that's negative will have 40 to 50 times more power than thinking positively. So you really have to be careful about what you say. All right, guys, I have a little bit of homework for you this week, and it's really actually pretty simple, and I hope you guys do this. The first part of the homework is to use the I am words to breathe life into your day. Go back to episode number two, The Gratitude Trick, uh, at com slash podcast, and make sure that you are using gratitude to pay attention to what you say. Anytime you hear the words, I am, coming out of your mouth, listen to what you're going to say next, and maybe think twice about it, about how you can reframe it to be something about how you are feeling, not how you are. The second part of the homework is to make up a believable I am to add to your journaling time. Now, just like I said earlier, every morning I journal and I put in my affirmations and yours could just be as simple as I am getting better or today is going to be a great day. But I want you to write it down and I want you to make it something that you can believe and I want you to write it down or say it out loud every day. You can put a timer on your phone and have it go off like at noon or whenever you feel like you might fall back into saying things like I am tired, instead say I have unlimited energy or something like that. The third part of to of this week's homework is to decide who you really are or who you really want to be and use the words that describe him or her and what you stand for. Say you want to be a leader. Well, you're going to have to use different words to describe yourself and that person, if you were a leader, you would do different things and you would do use different words to describe yourself. Think of the person that you really want to be and maybe go back into your 100 dreams and look at some of the ideas that you had in there and the dreams that you had in there and formulate the person who you want to identify as because it's up to you. This is your choice and your life. It's not anybody else's opinion. And honestly, in a world where you can identify yourself as anything, why don't you identify yourself as who you want to be? Well, I hope I have armed you with the use of the two most important words you have. Remember, you are not what people have told you that you are. You are not how you feel. You are who you say you are. So use your words for good. And don't forget to do your homework. Pay attention to the words I am and what comes after them. Make up a believable I am statement and add that to your journaling every day and maybe put in a timer on your phone or a notification to remind you of the person, who you are. And then think about who you really are or who you want to be and use the words that describe that person. If this podcast helped you realize how much power you really have, please share it and go give me a rating on your podcast provider. Tag the Quality of Life podcast on your posts and please help me get the word out. Thank you so much and I will see you next week. I am looking forward to it. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Be sure to check us out on the Quality of Life podcast, Facebook and Instagram pages 
and our website, theerinolson.com, for downloads and more information. That is T-H-E-E-R-I-N-O-L-S-O-N.com. Stay up to date by joining our email newsletter. Together, we can improve all of our quality of life. Oh, 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 oh,